In the name of one God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. As I was preparing for the sermon this week, uh, today I am reminded that it is the fourth and final of our lectionary kind of series on the book of Philippians. We get a section of the four chapters over the last four weeks, and Joe and I have been preaching on they, uh, on that over the past four weeks, and today is the, the ending of that as Thessalonians will be the epistle next week, but I was kind of following Paul in the beginning of the week and forming the outline for the sermon, and he, as you heard, you can probably hear he's beginning to reiterate some of the points he already made in the previous three chapters, and I kind of felt at the beginning I was putting together something that was just recapping everything that we have preached over the last three weeks. And then the Holy Spirit, as it does, hit me with two verses that you heard in that Philippians reading just a second ago that kind of broke me out of that doing what Paul was doing and then saying, this is where the Spirit's leading me to preach this week. What, where Paul is going to take us in those two, two powerful verses that, that really opened up to me this week is he's going to show us that we have a problem. But he will give us a prescription for that problem, and then he'll let us rest in, in a great promise of God. So that's what we will look at today. Now, it's not listed as we don't list the numbers in your text, but verse 6 that you heard starts out like this, and this is the problem. Do not worry. Now, the Greek word that Paul actually uses is maranao. And it is a combination of two words, merizo, to divide, to separate, or to tear. And then naus, the mind. And this is what the very heart of worry, and marinao can actually be translated worry, or apathy and worry and all of that, and then cares the things we care about, the anxieties that we carry. This is what that word maranao is getting at. The tearing of our mind, as well as the good constructive thoughts we can have, and then those thoughts that may lead us down paths of destruction, the tearing of our mind. Something that we have worry, anxiety, and cares. If I were to begin personally in my own faith journey in life and tell you how worry has been a struggle for me as a much younger man, not married yet, I actually had it that, you know, I'm probably going to go through life without any struggle or without any worry, naively. And then I would get married and I would see that it was, it's harder to be a good husband than I actually expected and had a contextual wrestle with some beginning worry. And then I remembered having my first son, Jackson, just as being born. Ashley was resting, and it was quiet as Jackson was sleeping, and I was holding him there in the hospital, thinking in my mind, God, this is probably one of the happiest moments of my life. But then having that worry come in on the other side and saying, God, I think I'm going to need your help because I feel how fragile 
this little thing is. And left to my own devices, I, I don't want something bad to happen or to screw up this little bundle of joy. Contextually, worry started coming to me the further in life I got. And then, as I was transitioning from becoming a youth pastor into becoming an ordained person in the ministry, I remember thinking in my head, am, am I having those thoughts of, of anxiety creep in? Am I really called to this? And, and just the responsibility that comes with it. And if I'm honest with, with myself and with you, as I, now I know I'm, I can see the fruit and that I am growing in the work of preaching. But every time I, it is my turn to preach, as I am coming up to the pulpit or, or being outside on the riverbank, my heart is just fluttering. And I say, now that's what with working with Joe and, and the Holy Spirit growing me in the work of preaching, you may look at me and say, he just does that so easily, but, but I'm hiding it well. Because I have a sense of worry and anxiety with wanting to preach faithfully what the scriptures are telling us. And that's why I said I see the fruit of how I'm growing in that, but I also see that there's probably always going to be a little bit of worry and anxiety if I'm doing it to the best of my ability and if the Holy Spirit is using it. But I also recognize that it is grace. God is showing me my weakness and I'm giving it to him and look what God will do with it. This is the problem of worry for me personally. And then if we look at the national life, I actually went and did a little bit of research for the things that, that just worry and we have anxiety in our nation. I looked at a Gallup poll that ended in December of 2019, rolling over into January of 2020. And that Gallup poll, these were the five worries of the national psyche of the United States. One being income. Will we have enough money to pay the bills and put food on our table? Two was social security. Will it, will it be there in the future or is it gonna go away? Three was acts of terror, both abroad as well as in our own country. Four was healthcare. And five was racial reconciliation. You can see the things that Paul wrote about centuries ago to the Philippians we continue to struggle with. Having worry, having anxiety, and the things that we care about. But thankfully, Paul gives us the prescription to combat this great problem of worry. And that prescription, he says, is prayer. The Greek word he uses in our text today is prosuke. And prosuke can actually be translated as worship as well. And he lays out a process of prayer and worship and where we see how God works with us and uses our worry as moments of grace and how God matures us through such things. As we pray, here's a little few things to help with it. If you feel tempted to worry, remember to worship. Or if you feel the burden of the world coming down upon you, remember to bow. What it does in our acts of prayer and how we, how we do that both individually and with one another, it gets our, our us 
out of the center of in focusing on us and what we're worrying about. And it puts our focus on the goodness and the grace of God. In the process of prayer, as Paul continues to outline it in the text, he then says, come before God in prayer with supplication. Now, supplication is that deep, agonizing, deep cry that we may only do with God alone, as a lot of us don't like to let that kind of stuff out for the world to see. But coming before God in prayer with supplication, that deep anguish and heart of God, that when we find ourselves with the weight of the world coming down on us, that we just cry out to God in supplication. But then Paul brings in thanksgiving. Pray to God with supplication, but don't forget thanksgiving. And all of us have probably been challenged with in those hard moments and wrestles with worry in our lives. We've probably all got to the point where we think, how can I give thanksgiving when the world is falling apart? But Paul reminds us, put your minds, protect your minds and your hearts with the goodness and love of God. And those things you continue to go through will be diminished. And he finishes up in this process of, of prayer. He says, and bring, make your requests known to God. Now, this may, you may hear that and think a little spiritual questioning there. Does God, am I informing God of what's actually going on in my life and what I'm bringing to him in prayer? And the answer to that is no. Scripture already tells us before we even ask God knows what we need and what we bring to him in prayer. What Paul is saying and how this process of prayer and worship works out, giving voice to our weakness and to our dependence upon God. This is what prayer is. As God knows the desires of our heart and what we need, we get to the moment in prayer where we see our own weakness and we look to something bigger than ourselves to meet us there and to pull us through. It's as if if you are a parent and you ask your, your kids, I know I do this with my, with, with my sons, and I say, do you need help with that? No, I can do it myself. Do you need help? No. And then they reach a point, Daddy, I can't do this. Can you help me? This is what bringing our, our, making our prayers known to God does. It shows our weakness and then lets God's strength come in. And this is how these are used as moments of grace in our lives to mature us. From there, we move to the promise that Paul shows us, the the promise of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. As Job will close us in blessing and and repeat that, the, the promise of God, that peace that surpasses all understanding. We're not just talking about peace with God. We're talking about the peace of God. The peace that transcends any thoughts we have and and that are trying to explain them away. That we know that God is on the throne. And because of that, no matter the worry or the anxiety we find ourselves feeling, that we know it will be okay. And that the joy that Paul writes about all throughout Philippians cannot be removed from us. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. In closing, remember the words of the hymnist. What 
a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Amen.